This is the Key Life Podcast, where we talk everything automotive keys. We are produced and sponsored by AKG Academy. For more information, go to akgacademy.com. So here we are again. We're going to do something a little bit different than we normally do. We thought it'd be, given the time of year, a good opportunity to, to talk with Andrew Murs, business banker at Wintrust Bank, to talk about some year-end planning, think about you know, what we should be uh, talking with our, our advisors about, with our bankers about, to really, really be mindful you know, going into the, the end of the year and, and into next year. So uh, why don't we go and jump in? Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey. I appreciate the opportunity to, to chat with you guys and, and share a little bit about what I'm, conversations I'm having with my business clients and, uh, you know, some recommendations of, of some things that, that you can be working on to, to tie up your loose ends for the year and, and get ready to kick off 2024 with a bang. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's great. And obviously, you know, at this time of year, we always, uh, we always want to think about how the year went, reflect on it, think about it, but also get ready for, for next year. Uh, so again, I, th- I think it's awesome to have you on. Obviously you work with a ton of of business owners, helping them on, on a number of different fronts. So maybe you can just jump in uh, and, and kind of talk a little bit about what are you talking about with your customers and, and how are you helping them get ready for, for year end and, and get prepared for next year? Yeah. So, you know, as a banker, obviously that tends to be where I focus a lot of my time and efforts. Uh, you know, when I'm having conversations with my clients, uh, uncovering, you know, what their plans are for the next year. But while reviewing, you know, the things that have happened over the over the previous 12 months, um, you know, one thing that I, I like to recommend is, you know, one of the, our favorite things to do is is reconcile our bank accounts. Right. So, you know, it's something that probably gets put to the back burner as as life and business gets in the way. But something that's, uh, you know, the end of year is a good time to, to take a look and make sure that there's no instances of fraud on your account or, uh, you know, maybe you had a recurring payment set up for a service that you're no longer using. You can you can cancel that and save yourself some money going forward. Check for fees on the account, see what you're getting charged for, see if there's ways to modify the way you're doing business to reduce those fees or improve efficiencies by adding new services. You know, we've seen a lot of check fraud lately. So a lot of clients moving towards doing more digital payments, whether that be an online bill pay solution or, um, you know, working with ACH services. You know, start talking about end of year planning with the accountant for tax purposes. Some things need to be done in the calendar year in order for them to be reflected on your tax returns. So find out what those are and what you might need to be doing, um, whether, you know, something like uh, purchasing some equipment that you can utilize the depreciation to, or expense it to offset taxable income at the end of the year. That's, that's always a popular opportunity. You know, make plans for how much you need to be setting aside for those taxes so that when that tax bill does come, you, you don't, aren't scrambling to find the funds to, to make that payment. You know, things like that are always helpful to do, you know, circling back to the banker side of things. Hey, you know, I have clients all the time that I run into who are looking to buy a building or, or purchase a new piece of equipment, a truck or, or whatever it might be. Um, and they've done such a good job at reducing their taxable income that uh, they don't qualify for the loan because they should reduce their taxable income down to, down to nothing. So, uh, you know, making sure that you keep that dialogue open with your banker for, you know, any planned financing needs that you have coming up is, is really important because you don't want to get into a situation where you're like, okay, I need this, you know, I need to borrow money in 60, 90, uh, you know, six months even. Well, that's, that's fine. But unfortunately we, with the way you file taxes, make it so that we can't can't finance you. So um, something important to keep in mind while 
you know, you're, you're working to, to reduce your taxable income. If you do have plans for, uh, you know, a, a big capital expenditure, that's going to require financing. Yeah, um, that's, uh, that's great. I mean, a, t- a ton to unpack there, Andrew, right? You, you, just, <laughs> you just hit a lot of, a lot of different points there from, you know, going through the charge list and seeing what the recurring charges are to, to seeing what bank fees you're getting hit with. And, and obviously the, the, uh, you know, kind of that balance. Hey, how do you reduce your tax liability as much as you can while also being prepared for that long term? So when you're having that discussion about balance and, and you're talking with your, your, your business customers about maybe wanting to buy a, a truck or a, you know, a, a property or whatever, and, and, but they're also trying to balance the other side of it. What, what are some pieces of advice that you share with them? Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is is maintaining that dialogue is is really important, right? You know, pre qualifying yourself for financing is is a good way to start. Kind of, kind of say like, I have this plan. Maybe it's a a year long plan. Maybe it's a, a, a two year long plan. You know, you can't start planning too early when it comes to those things. Um, especially if historically you've managed your your finances down to zero. If you don't have a good existing relationship with your business banker. I'd encourage you to to work on establishing that, at least have a contact so that they know who you are and they understand your business model and what your plans are, because that's going to really improve your opportunities to get that financing you need when, when the time comes. Um, you know, I have clients that I've worked with for a long time and, and conversations we've had, they're like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm continuing to, to work my taxable income down to nothing, but over the next three years, I'm going to be working to to actually show some of that, some more of that income because I want to buy a building in three years. And that's, that's a conversation we've had. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's a tough balancing act. There is no black and white, right and wrong answer. Um, everybody has, has their own goals and it's, you know, it's, it's having those relationships with your advisors, with your banker, your accountant, your attorney that, that can help you best prepare for that eventuality so that you know where where you are and and you're reasonably set up to to accomplish your goals when when the time comes. So so pulling on that goal setting thread, what's the process you go through with with, with your with your clients to help them narrow those goals and and really have a dialogue about you know what they want to accomplish in the next you know one three five years? Do you, do you have a framework you go through? Do you, do you do you have a process that you you, you recommend people think about? I, you know, I don't have have a specific process. There's, I, I usually the best solution is talking through, you know, what what their plans are. So, so sometimes that's, hey, I want to grow this to the point where, uh, you know, I can work fewer hours and rely on empl- employees, uh, so that I'm not, you know, there's there's a difference between owning a business and owning a job. So I, I do have a lot of clients that, you know, historically have, have owned a job, right? They're their own boss and they don't have a lot of employees. They do really well for themselves. But as they, you know, as they mature in their in their business life cycle, they begin to realize, well, maybe I don't want to just own my job anymore. I want to own my business and have those employees and have have that ability to, you know, leverage other human capital to, to generate more, uh, you know, more income for myself. And eventually create a business that's saleable at the back end whenever I am ready to to move on and retire. Uh, if I haven't already made those plans, uh, you know, three to five years out is really kind of uh, the rule of thumb before you can can really sell a business. I know I've run into plenty of instances where like, yeah, I'm going to sell my business next year. Like, okay, well, what planning have you done? 
no, no, I'm just going to work with a broker. Like that broker is going to turn around and tell you, we, you're three years late to, to sell next year. So I, I don't think many people realize that it's, it's very rare that somebody has sold a business more than once. So again, those, those earlier conversations to talk through that, you know, okay, one year I want to grow the team because I want to hit X number in revenue. And here's how I do that. Three years, I'd need to have, you know, add five more people to that baseline there. And then five years, I, I want to be ready to to sell this business. And here's how I do that. And here's how we, you know, file our taxes in a way that, that show the recurring income that somebody's really going to have an appetite to come in and buy so that there's there's real value there. And, and you can hit those numbers that you need in order to retire if you aren't already uh, putting those funds aside. That's right. I've I've never heard that that saying owned a job versus owned a business. I I, I think there's uh, there's there's something to that. So so when you think about that inflection point between you know owning a job versus owning a business, and again in the theme of kind of year end planning and 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 getting ready for the year to come, you, you know what what are the top three things you're, you're suggesting that they do, or who, who should they talk to um, outside of yourself as as a, as a banker that they're partnering with? Uh, to, to really set that stage? You know, I, accountants are, uh, you know, are, there's a huge variance in, in what type of accounting advisor you have. You know, some people are just tax preparers. Some people are more strategic in what they're willing, you know, capable of and experience is to be able to, to facilitate a meaningful conversation on what it needs to look like to, to get to the point where you now own a business that has, has a saleability on the back end. So, you know, that's, that's always a big one. You know, there are business brokers out there and, and like many things, you, there's, there's good and there's bad and there's in between and some are more willing to get their hands dirty and, and get in there and, and talk through, okay, here's what I see. Here's, here's the targets that I would need you to hit for me to really have a good shot at selling this business uh, for the kind of, you know, kind of number that you're looking to accomplish. But, you know, those, those would probably be the, the two big ones. Um, that you, you want to have it if you have a potential you know strategic buyer in play that you know of somebody that's you know a, been a consistent competitor who's maybe got another 10 years in the job that may be interested in buying the business and, and rolling it into theirs have initial conversations with them see if they have an appetite for that in the future and and maybe you can you know kind of tee that up and, and begin having the initial conversations because if you've identified it yourself you can you know, you can do your own research as to, you know, what kind of multiples you can get on, on either your sales or your net income, uh, you know, to, to get ballpark an idea of where you want to be in order to get the, the cash out at the end of the, the rainbow uh, that you're, you need for your retirement. You know, and all this talk, all this talk of retirement reminds me too, that's, that's another good conversation to have with the account at your end is, is what sort of retirement account you have and you're contributing to and have you maxed it out or is there more that you you can or should be setting aside uh, you know to to continue to build a nest egg if you know if you truly only own a job and don't intend to sell the business on the back end you need to be uh, putting that money away as well and as a business owner there are different rules than a standard you know 401k that most w2 employees have. so um, always always worthwhile to have that conversation and and, and weigh your options there yeah, that, that's that's a good call out, and and obviously we have a number of folks that that listen in that that uh, you know are, aren't necessarily business owners, but they're they're in the trade and and uh, you know are, are driving a lot of value. And 
And I think that the, the, the theme is very similar, right? Planning for the future, thinking about, you know, maxing out or, or, or at least contributing to whatever retirement accounts you can get into and, and the rest of it. So, you know, m- more tactically and, and, and more like in the next 30 days kind of time frame, given that we're, we're right at the end of the year here, like what are some of the things outside of obviously contributing to the, to the retirement accounts that you're seeing business owners do to reduce their taxable income? Um, you know, to, to, to kind of drive that home by your end here. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the equipment purchase is always a big one, you know, putting together a, a list of any of your work-related expenses is always a, a good place to be spending efforts from the perspective of, you know, spending money on tools and travel and, 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 and all those types of expenses, uh, which can be uh, written off against your taxes is, is also a good, good thing to be um, keeping track of throughout the year, but, but reviewing again here at year end prior, uh, prior to when you're going to start the process for your taxes um, to help ballpark what that, that number is going to be. And remind, remind me, Andrew, on, on, obviously you're not a, a tax professional, um, but as it relates to that equipment purchase, right? If, if someone buys a $50,000 truck and, and again, everyone should talk to their own accountants, there is bonus depreciation, right? So that even if they're paying it off over five years with a loan, they can get the benefit at $50,000 deduction this year. Is that right? Yeah. And, and yeah, so that's, it's called section 179. It's the tax law. It's section 179 bonus depreciation. And there's all kinds of, you know, carve outs and, and caveats, but yeah, that's, that's generally the one we see most utilized, um, kind of allows you to expense the uh, entire purchase or the majority of the purchase of a piece of equipment in the year that it's acquired, regardless of whether you're actually paying cash for it or not. You know, I've, yeah, I'm super I've, powerful. And that, that kind yeah. Of and another one that I'm seeing too, actually is, is kind of interesting. Not something I see a ton of, but I am seeing a, a, a business that I'm working with looking to leverage their line of credit to pay retention bonuses because hiring has been so difficult and, and, you know, retention is so important to them. They know they've got a pretty good tax liability coming. So they're actually going to leverage their existing line of credit with us uh, to pay out some retention bonuses uh, and then just repay that back next year out of out of operating income so that they can reduce that taxable liability and, and hopefully avoid the the costly and in, in, in time and money of, of replacing people that leave for another job. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, certainly, I hadn't thought of that. Oh, very cool. No, no, we're, we're living in a in a new world here with uh, rates at what they are. Obviously, bankers, you know, live on live off the interest rates in some regard. What, what, how are you helping your customers maximize the dollars that they they have in the bank? So, a lot of banks, uh, including ours, are offering higher interest rates on savings vehicles, whether it be a savings account or. Uh, or a, a certificate of deposit, a CD, you know, so it's, it's worth talking with your existing bank and, and doing a little bit of just looking around. I mean, I'd be shocked if you hadn't seen it advertised on a billboard or a bank sign that you've driven past somebody adver- advertising a, you know, high interest rate savings or CD. So if you do have, have money that's sitting on the sideline, not, not being used, but you can't really lock it up long-term, you know, ask the question. It's a great time to have money because of those interest rates. Uh, because the flip side is, it's more expensive to borrow that money. So we can, because we're earning more interest on our loans, we can pay a little more on the, on the deposits. So, 
certainly seeing a, a lot of appetite for that. And so that's been, you know, been a good way for, for the banks to, you know, acquire some more deposits. Yeah, you know, something that pops into my head as, as we're talking is around credit card <laughs> processing, right? To, you know, not, not just about making money on your money, but how do you save money? So if you're, you know, you're, you're, you're have whatever credit card receipts to look at that, right? We're talking about fees and all these things that, that kind of popped into my head. Right. It's probably another good area for people to, to think about. Definitely. So, so it's, a, uh, it's a great one to, a, to be looking at is, is the merchant processing, credit card processing track, whoever you're using and understanding what, you know, what that charge looks like, understanding, you know, are they charging you per swipe of a credit card and what the percentage they're taking is. The entire credit card processing industry is, you know, it, it's a highly competitive industry, but it's also really difficult to navigate without, you know, without the knowledge. But, you know, with all contracts that you have, uh, you know, looking to negotiate those is never, there's never a bad time to do that. Uh, you know, you, there's two ways to improve your bottom line. You can sell more or you can reduce costs. So, you know, renegotiating contracts is always a great way to reduce costs and, and improve your profitability. That's a very, very wise word. Andrew, a ton of great information here. Really appreciate you, you diving in with us. You know, what are the three main takeaways you would, you know, send, send us off with? Yeah. So, you know, the three things that, you know, that I, I'd say are, are your best takeaways from this are, um, you know, lean on those advisors that you have, your accountant, your banker, uh, potentially your attorney, depending on, you know, legal, if you have any legal needs, you know, and, and leverage those relationships for your planning for next year and review of, of the prior year, you know, do everything you can to create efficiencies and reduce your expenses where possible, um, whether that be, you know, reviewing your credit card processing statements and seeing if there's opportunity to save money there or your banks for fees, you know, recurring payments for things that you're no longer using. And then, uh, you know, lastly is, is make a plan. If you, if you really don't have a plan, you know, there's nothing to measure against. There's, there's no definition for what success looks like. Uh, there's no, you know, check marks along the way that you can say, yeah, we're doing what we said we were going to do. Uh, you know, so the, the, the old saying that I, I like to throw out there is, is failure to plan is the same as planning to fail. So uh, having that plan in place is going to be an important one. Andrew, that's, that's awesome. Well, hey, Andrew Murs, business banker at Wintrust Bank, really appreciate you signing on and spending a few minutes with us and sharing your knowledge if people are looking for for you know more information on on Wintrust, where can they? Find yeah, you, you can you can look up the bank or Wintrust.com. It's a publicly tra traded company uh, under Wintrust Financial Corporation, uh, but uh, we're we're located predominantly in the Chicagoland area. Uh, you know, you can always uh, look me up on on our website as well. I, I work out of our our Palatine branch, but. Be happy to be a resource for any any of the Key Life podcast listeners out there if they have questions or like to follow up on anything we discussed today. Andrew, thank you so much and have a wonderful day. If you like what you heard on our podcast today, please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and you can get more information at akgacademy.com. We really appreciate your partnership and look forward to chatting with you again.